You're listening to That's Basically the 80s. Here are your hosts, Chris and Corey. Well, we did it. Yep. We got to go to the movie theater and watch this movie. In the theater. How cool is that? It was pretty good. Um, yeah, we were like, well, let's fucking watch Never Ending Story randomly. And then it was in the movie theater. Yeah, and it kind of worked out because I actually came across it on accident. Mm-hmm. I, we were going to watch that movie, what was it, two nights ago? Right. And then about three hours before we watched it, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to see what's in the theater because with... Everything shut down and no movies will be really coming out and everything. They've been kind of playing older movies, right? right? They're just reviewing the 80s like we do. And so, lo and behold, there it was. Never ending story. They should um, just play our podcast in the theater. Like, just it's just you and I sitting up there with our microphones and stuff. And then we just don't acknowledge the crowd at all. We just sit there and stare at each other. Well, no, we do like our, yeah, we do like our podcasts like this, but then they just all watch. And then if they laugh, like we just look like, who the fuck was that? Check this out. What if we were just sitting in like the control room? Mm -hmm. Is that what they call it? Up there where like the projector and stuff is? Oh, probably like the projector room? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like control room better or like the command center or something. Yeah. What if we're up there watching the movie? But we have on our headsets and stuff, and then we have our mics on and the crowds out there. Mm-hmm. And then every time that we talk our bullshit about the movie, we just talk to the mic and it just overpowers the movie. Everybody hears it and they're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's kind of like Mystery Science Theater 3000, but for today's youth. Right. Or The thing that I think would be different would be, because Mystery Science, they'll take the whole movie and they'll talk the whole movie, right? Right. We would just chime in every once in a while and be like, oh, What's up, giant flying dog? Mm-hmm. You got scales? Yep. That's how funny it would be, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would throw popcorn at us, for sure. Yeah, we'd get um, booed out of there right away, like, get the fuck out of here. Right. We'd be like, you can't get us, we're in the control room. But yeah, I think that uh, this is a perfect movie to see in the theaters, because I didn't get to see it in the theater when I was young, and I love this movie, and so now I got to. Were you even one when this came out? Uh, I don't know what year did it come out. Uh, like 84. Then I was zero. I was born in 84. 84, 85. You might have still been in the old ball sack swimming around, huh? Maybe. So you Maybe. were still, you were in there thinking about. Uh, Actually, it would be impossible because um, I was born in July, which means I would have had to have been oh, conceived so you were, in like November-ish or so. So you were in the oven. Mm-hmm. You were just a little Cinnabon. Just chilling. Well, I guess it would depend on what month this came out of if you were out there crying with them tight pants on or if you were Mm -hmm. just still baking. So anyways, let's get into it a little bit. Cool. I wanted to talk a little bit first about the opening scenes, the opening part of it when I was like, oh, fuck, Corey, what's that song? It's great. Yeah, you like leaned over to me. You're like, remember the name of this song because I want to talk about it on the podcast. And I was like, it's called Never Ending Story. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, (laughs) and then I started singing it. Never Ending Story. And I always thought it was like, this is the song that never ends. It's like the sequel. 
Ah, uh, so that was Never Ending Story Part 2. That's Never Ending Song. Never Ending Song. The song that never ends. Yeah. It might be this song that doesn't end. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But uh, that was on that fucking... You remember Lamb Chops? Yeah, vaguely. I was too old for it, but I think my, my little sister loved it when she was growing up. You weren't too old for it because I saw it, and I'm older than you. Yeah, but you had younger siblings that would have been watching it. Fact. So. So, yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know why, but that's Lamb Chops. Every time that that show would come on, they'd be like, there's an umbrella tree <laughs> and some sock puppets. And then... It's a bunch of shit. Yeah, they, they'd have like real world problems too. Like yeah. they'd lose the car keys. She's like, fuck, we forgot to file an extension on our taxes and now they're ha- taking our house. And then Lamb Chop's like, well, well, fucking this song never ends. So, you know, as long as we sing it, they can't take the house. Yeah, we'll scare off the IRS auditor and be like, and he'll right. run. And anyways, that was bizarre. It's weird. So the never ending story, the song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you know that that became a huge hit? Yeah. It was it's a fucking banger. Yeah. That's why I sing it all the time. That's true. So anyways, a little shout out to that mm-hmm. music there. And uh, I don't know who sings it, but whatever. It's some guy named like... Guy? Uh, Shit, I thought it was a girl. I thought it was like fucking Bette Midler or something. Bette Midler? From a distance. How does that song go to? From a distance. I'll we be watching you. Well, it's like God that. is watching us from oh. a distance. God is watching. From I don't even have distance. the tone, the tune. We are one and the same, and we're marching towards the land from a distance. God is watching us. God is watching us. So while Chris looks this up, I'm going to tell a story about how uh, one time we went to Seattle and we were driving up to the mountains outside of Seattle to get home and this song came on and we were belting it like just fucking banging that song out, uh, Chris and myself. And then uh, our friend Dylan was in the car and he's like a huge metalhead and the whole time he was just sitting there like, what the fuck? And he's, he's what, like 25, so he's 11 years younger than yeah, us. Yeah, he's quite whatever. a bit younger than us. So, really cool dude, but... He's never, he's just like, what the fuck is this? And we're like, Bette Midler, bitch. And then we played, uh, we jammed like Telephone Line mm-hmm. and Dr. Hook for him. We really fucked up his life. Yep. And then finally, I think we played, what, some Asking Alexandria or something. Mm-hmm. something and he was happy again. So I found it. Cool. And I'm going to slaughter this name. The song was written by Keith Forsey, but it was composed by Giorgio. Giorgio? Giorgio Mordor? I don't know. Here, you say it. Right there. Oh. By Giorgio Mordor. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, that's... uh, I like it. That's that song. Oh, and there was additional vocals with Ann Calvert and Beth Anderson. There we go. Beth Midler Anderson. Beth Ann Calvert Midler Anderson. Yep. From a distance. She's an awesome lady. Oh, fuck. Speaking of Bette Midler, did you know that they're on the works of making a new Hocus Pocus? Are they? Yeah, with the original actresses. That's awesome. All three of the witches, like older. Fucking love that movie. That movie was the shit, huh? Yeah, I love when the blonde witch goes riding off on that fucking vacuum. Oh, yeah. Well, they have the mop and they have all the mess, and then she just gets a vacuum and then they're just Oh, wait, no, never mind. It's the middle sister that rides off on the vacuum. She rides off on the mop or something. I don't remember. And then uh, fucking that one guy that... Um, Bette Midler's 
husband, she kills him and then sews, or she sews his mouth, his mouth closed so he can't talk. Yeah, and they call him like Dirty Ted or yeah. something. And she buries him in there. And then they he gets a knife and cuts open his stitches and he's like, you dumb bitch. And she's like, oh, this oh why, shit. This is why I fucking sewed your mouth shut. And he's like, yeah, that's why I've got some scissors. That's right. I got a Swiss Army knife now. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what my favorite part of that movie is? What? And it wasn't when I grew when I was a kid, but now it was is. It now I'm like, Binks okay. the cat? No. Binks is the bomb, though. That's the one one of the cats in the world I do like. Mm-hmm. Is when uh, they're taking the bus. They have to take the bus ride. Right. And the bus driver's like, oh, shit, is that Sarah Jessica Parker? And she's like, yeah. He's like, oh, you want to ride up with up here with me? And then it shows her later riding the bus, and he's just all smiling because he's sitting on her lap. And she's oh, yeah. like, oh, that's, that's a kid's movie? Right. Come on. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, okay, yeah, I can yeah. see that. Good Sweet. job, Matthew Broderick. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty funny. Anyways, here we are, like nine minutes in, and we've only talked about the song a little bit, and then a bunch of other bullshit. Mm-hmm. Classic Chris and Corey. It's a typical start to the show. Can only go up from here. So tell me what. Uh, since we're going to talk about the movie, tell me what your favorite part of the movie is, or what made you pick this movie because this was your choice. I just really like all these movies like uh, this and Legend and um, Labyrinth and Willow and all the other animatronic fantasy movies that came out in the 80s. Nice. I got something about that real quick. Okay. Because when I was doing some research on this, um, one of the big taglines was, oh, this is a kid's movie in the early 80s that got a PG rating. (laughs) So you know that it is... Its main purpose is to give kids nightmares. Right. And so what do they do? They have that big-ass fang dog coming after them, and they've got mm-hmm. the nothingness going for them, and then they've got like, right. something else that was scary. but Just a bunch of scary shit. Yeah, um, and all those movies kind of were like a little bit scary because the puppets and everything back then were just real, really realistic. Like I love like all the crazy things that we can do with CGI now, like you can make a terrifying show now, or you can make like a a, awesome, like epic fantasy movie. But like back in the day, those movies really felt like it was like a whole journey. Like when you watch them walking through those giant sets that they made and everything. Right. Cause all of it was like, you could obviously tell when they green screen some stuff and had screens in the background, but then all of the trees, like you said, and Mm -hmm. it's just all handmade props. Right. There was a lot of really creative, not a lot of work play down the computer graphics and stuff now because that's still a, a shitload of work right right but just different kind of work mm-hmm. pretty awesome really artsy and stuff but um anyways to answer your question of my favorite part of the movie um i think i have like different favorite parts in just depending on like how i feel about them because there's like we started out the movie or we started out the podcast with one of my favorite quotes which is when our taxes die on his horse and that's really sad because he goes he lets the like sadness swamp or the swamp of sorrows or whatever right um they're only a little bit into the quest too right and then his horse gets in there and he's just like well fuck i'm sad now and then you know he just sinks in and then he's all you know, sad, Atreyu's just all bummed out about it, which I would be too, because, you know, like, that's your best friend horse. Right, it's his companion. Mm-hmm. So that part was pretty sad. And then... That kind of leads me into one of my favorite parts okay, of the movie. Yours? So at the end, and after all of Fantasia explodes, and mm-hmm. he's just riding around on Falcor. Is it Falcor? 
Yes. The do- the not not dog, and it specifically says that he's it's not a, a dog. Dragon. He's a luck dragon. Yeah. He's out cruising out there, and they're like, "You think we'll be able to find this castle?" And he's like, "Shit, man, I don't know." Maybe. And then and then they find it, and the empress is there, and he goes and talks to her, uh-huh. and he's like, "I failed. I don't know what I was wrong." And she's like, yeah, I know. We just need to get this kid out here to do what he's supposed to do. And he's like, wait, what? Right. You knew about that? She's like, yeah, I knew about all of it. And he's like, listen, bitch, my horse died. I know. He's like, what you do? My horse died. And a lot of other shit happened. I fucking got muddy. And I had to go get creeped on by these old people. And, you know, and he yeah. just had to go through all the shit. And he's like, you fucking knew? Why don't you just tell me? Right. And then he, she's like, well, because I'm the empress and I do what I want. Right. So It's my job not to tell you. Um, yeah, and then, there's, I mean, there's a million just great parts of the movie. But I really like, uh, probably my favorite was, like, the best one-liner in the movie is when um, he meets, like, the those two old people. Oh, and yeah. And uh, the guy's like, oh, my name's Beeble Thwicks or whatever. Have you heard of me? And then he's like, no. And he's like... Oh, you must not travel in scientific circles then. <laughs> and he's so a He's like, uh, I don't even he's know like, what that is. No, but didn't no. they kind of remind you of the couple from uh, the Princess Bride too? Yeah, the old couple, so. the Billy mm-hmm. Crystal and that. Yep. But I don't know. I might have liked these ones better. They're still. They were way fun. Yeah, I really like this show. Um, but so yeah, man. Like, uh, movie starts out typical, like, you know, nerdy little kid getting bullied, right? Right, and he's he's already kind of awkward, and then obviously at some point recently his mom has passed away mm-hmm. and everything, so his home life and his social life is kind of awkward. Right. And so I could see why he loves diving into books, Yeah, right? just kind of escape reality and everything. What about his dad making the fucking breakfast of champions? Oh, man, I want to try that so bad. He just, like, hits that blender with some orange juice and, like, four eggs. He's like, fucking crack the egg in there, fucking pour some OJ in there, gonna drink this down. Mm-hmm. I want to try it. Why? Like, what's the benefit? Does the orange juice, like, just, I don't know. I have no idea, man, but I'm uh, just, it was something uh, I saw. Maybe try it out. Carrie, your wife was like, what is that, like a fucking orange Julius? And I was like, well, I've had orange Juliuses before, but I don't remember them being like this, but maybe. Maybe. You know, I'll eat, I'll drink the egg orange juice. You'll eat the Twinkie Wiener sandwich. Yeah. Dipped in milk. No. Yep. I don't like Twinkies that much. Oh. Or hot dogs. I like hot dogs. I don't like anything dipped in milk like that, though. I like milk. It does a body good. (laughs) So. So, yeah, he fucking goes running, jumps in a garbage can, and his bullies. I I liked when he got out, and the bullies are like, who the fuck said you could get out? And he's like, oh, shit. Right? You guys are gone. (laughs) He's hanging out there. It was like looking left, looking right. Like, coast is clear, Mm -hmm. right? I th- I thought it was really funny how he like jumps in the garbage and then immediately looks out and he's got like some fucking chow mein on his hair or something. I know <laughs> like it was either like right chow mein or <laughs> straw or something all right. fuzzy. Yeah, it was awesome. It was pretty funny. Um, so yeah, but then he he shows up and then that fucking uh, book salesman is just like uh, like a typical old timer, right? Yeah, he's like, oh, you don't know what the fuck a book is? It's a square piece of cardboard with words in it. And he's like, bitch, please, I got like seven books. He's like, I got 187 books, right. something. And he's like, oh, comic books. He's like, yeah, he's like, no, they're not comic books. We we were joking because we were the only ones in the theater, so we kept making jokes throughout the whole movie. But um, when he's talking about how much he loves books and then the 
bookstore guy was like, well, who are you running from? And then I was like, the fucking librarians, man. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I have like $200 in <laughs> <Right>. late fees. It's kind of silly. I actually um, do kind of miss it. We talked about this before, but I do kind of miss going to the library. Yeah. Checking it out, you know, just skimming through the Dewey Decimal System and mm-hmm. looking at the books and going to check out the Encyclopedia Britannicas. Yeah. You remember those? I remember, remember how like there are infomercials and they're like, have you ever wanted to have all of the f- definitions of every fucking word? Well, buy the encyclopedia. It's 700 books. Yeah. It weighs 2,000 pounds. It'll be shipped to you in a crate. Can you afford 700 easy payments of $5? Well, yeah. Send me them books. Right. And then like two months later, they're outdated. Yeah. And it's like A through B and like B through D. Because then you do like... Q through L. You're like, what the fuck words are in there? What is there, like seven of them? Quintuplet. Quintessential. Quad. Quiet. Dratic formula. Labia. That's in Q. Not in, that's an L. Well, I said, didn't I say Q and L? I thought you said Q through L. Maybe. Maybe yeah, it's Q like through L. L. That's like why I said uh, L word. <laughs> but I just remember like, because, like, some of the books were, like, fat, and then, like, some of them were just, like, skinny. Like, there ain't no fucking words in there. Like, you know X what? through Z, that book was, like, 10 pages long. Yeah. And it was zebras, x-rays. Xylophone. I was going to say xylophone. Yeah. That's, like, the go-to word. Yeah. And if then, you ever well, fuck someone up on Scrabble with a xylophone, they better just quit. Yeah. Because the only way to come out of that is, like, yo-yo. Mm-hmm. That's the double Y. It is. But Ys aren't very expensive. No. Zs and Qs and Xs. Yep. So if you could go with like quintuplet. Get like xylophone on a triple word with the X. Boom. Anyways, back to the movie. That was Scrabble. Yeah, let's talk about one of my favorite characters. All right. The Stone Eater. Yeah, he is a badass. He was cool as fuck. He just like, that's how they start off in Fantasia, right? Yeah. He's just like rolling on his big wheel. Right. And then all of his friends, well, soon to be friends are just like, oh fuck, we got to run. They're just freaking out because he's just crushing, Mm -hmm. going through there, boom, boom, boom. And then all of a sudden he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's a totally nice guy. Like everybody was nice except for the the fucking um, dog. Yeah. The one dog was kind of a jerk and I don't know, the turtle... She wasn't very cool. She just didn't really give a shit about anything. She was just, we don't even care if we care or not. And she, he's like, who's we? Well, I'm the only one around, so we talked to myself. We had to improvise. But yeah, the the stone eater. I just love it. He's like, oh man, can I hang out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, he like shows up and he's like, oh, I've been fucking driving forever. This is a perfect place. I'll, can I camp with you guys? Yeah, and he's just, and then he immediately is just like, let me tell you some tales. Like, I, if I was like a traveler, I'd like introduce myself and kind of hang out and like get a feel for the camp before I started like telling my stories. Oh yeah. He was super friendly. He just like picks up the the limestone and was like, oh, this is great stuff. This is a great year. He knocks out the turtle or the snail and Mm -hmm. that one goblin looking guy's jumping around freaking out. Like, is he crazy? Right. And I love it because they have the whole conversation about the nothingness Mm -hmm. and he's like, I've been riding all day. I'm tired. And they're just sitting there making camp and then. They're all like, that's happening to us. And they're like, well, why are we on the road? Yeah. And so then they just immediately take off. Yeah. That is pretty good. Um, And then he's like, well, could I just drive you guys? And then the the guy's like, bitch, please. This is a racing slug. And it's like, he's like, damn, that is a racing racing slug. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah. And then the fucking, and 
Cause he, he kind of got stopped up cause he's like, Oh, let me grab some more of these fucking tasty ass rocks. And then the nothing showed up and he's like, Oh fuck. Cause then he had to get on his 10 speed and just hit it. You know, like he could have been ahead of the nothing and got a little bit, but he was cooking like the nothing was up. But you know, it, ass. it's kind of like uh chunk in the goonies mm-hmm. he's like fuck man give me some of this ice cream you know when they're yeah, threatening you, to, he's just like down there digging in he's right. like you don't know maybe this is your last meal yeah life's about choices for so, sure man if and if the because he got some of them rocks out of the nothing you know carrying them in his stomach and stuff so that right. kind of helped that's right maybe he needed some fuel mm-hmm. so and then they show up there and it's cool because they don't even go in and say hi they're just like hiding out in the background just like looking through the windows and shit like oh damn what's going right. on there there's that big-headed motherfucker. Yeah, and talking about, like, the puppets and the costumes mm-hmm. and stuff, how cool was that? Remark? I wish they would have zoomed in and showed a little bit more right. of the guys because I the two guys with the giant heads, they definitely stood out yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're, like, five-foot-tall heads. And they're, like, two-foot bodies and giant mm-hmm. heads. It's like, could you imagine the sex that goes on with those? Right. Like, how does that even work? It's just, like, a bunch of... Uh, like frustrated size. Every single time like, it happens, one or both of them gets knocked out. Guarantee it. Yep. So wearing fucking bandages on their head. So yeah, they like it's like a council, and then um, that guy comes out and he's like, "Hey, I know that you guys are all here to see if the princess can save us, but um, fucking she can't. Nope, she is sick, and we're all gonna die. Yeah, we're good. there's no hope. Right. But they're like, actually, there is a hope. There's only one person in the whole world that can save us. And then the kid shows up and he's like, hey, I'm a trio. And he's like, no, the fuck you're not. Go home. And he's like, you fucking called me. He's like, we don't have time for kid bullshit right, right. now. Get out of here. And he's like, fine, I'll leave. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. Right? So S- nothing's outside. I'll go jump in it. Yeah. See if I'll, I give a shit. I'll take my horse and we'll get out of here. I won't yeah. even go to that swamp. Uh-uh. Fuck so. a swamp. So yeah. So he decides that he is going to go on this fucking quest for mm-hmm. him, right? And they're all excited now after right. giving him shit. It's kind of cool because like the alternative is just disappear forever. So he's like, fuck it. I might as well try because, you know. So then what's the first thing that it shows him doing? Fucking uh, taking a nap yeah. right, right there like, by the stream. Yeah, he's like, this is fucking nice. I might take a nap before I get started on the quest. Like, this quest and stuff is pretty easy, guys. Right. He's just fucking racked out right there. And that horse is like, um, we should probably go. We going to quest or what? He's like, bitch, I am. Mm-hmm. It's either this or the swamp. Yeah. And then the horses, I could just imagine the horse being like, yeah, let's just stay here, man. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that we'll find a cure. It's it's probably like, let's see if this flower is the cure. Nope. What about this one? I like how they didn't even tell him what the, anything about the enchantress. It's like, she's dying. Go find a cure. Yeah. Well, they, they're right, like well, the, um, the empress, she enchantress, um, empress is... Dying, so go to the western, the southern oracle. Well, that's the turtle. Yeah. The turtle tells her to go to the mm. southern. Oh, the, yeah. He's like, well, after they find the maid there through the swamp after Atrax dies, right? Mm-hmm. Then he finds the sneezing turtle. Right. And she's like, I don't give a shit. I don't know shit. Go talk to the southern oracle. Yeah. It's 10,000 miles away. Good luck. He's like, how am I supposed to get 10,000 miles? They're like, you got some fucking uh, shoes? Yeah. Because you're not about to have a horse anymore. Yeah, and speaking of that, that fucking mud, tell me that that mud's not like the suction cup mud. You stick your leg in there and then you pull your foot out and your fucking shoe stays. Has that ever happened to you? 
Yeah. Uh, so I think did he have like those long leather moccasins on though that like double or triple tied on there? Because I think so. No way you're coming out of there. Yeah, like boots the Hercules on. shoes on. Yeah, with them laces that go way up. Yeah, because there's no way you're coming out of there. With oh. I think that's really what happened to the horses. He lost his shoes and was just tired of the bullshit. You yeah, know, probably no. Is, well, maybe. I mean, it was the swamp. Is it called the Swamp of Sorrows? I mean, that's a place in World of Warcraft, and I don't know if I'm confusing the two, but it is a sad swamp. So it may be called the Swamp of Sorrows, and maybe that's where they got that name from. I don't know for that. We could, but uh, we could ask this Google bitch. I mean, it is a sad swamp, and the horse got, you know, he got sad about it, and then he died. So. You know, I guess if I was in the fucking sad swamp, I would have too. What is the name of the... Shit, here we go. What is the name of the swamp in the never-ending story? The Swamp of Sadness. Ah. According to the evil wiki, fandom, the Swamp of Sadness is a deadly swamp that symbolically represents pure sorrow and misery and is an early location in Fantasia in the never-ending story. All right. So... It it's the swamp of sadness and it represents sorrow. So then the swamp of sorrows in World of Warcraft is probably derived from that. Probably, nice little shout out. Hell Maybe, yeah. but uh, yeah. So then the horse is like, "Fuck this, I'm out." Right, and then uh, actually, a little um, movie fact about that. Uh-huh. One of the big main things about it was, I guess, it's really hard to try and train a horse on to drown to drown in mud. Yeah, it's like not a thing that you can do. You can't train. I guess you just throw him in the mud and let him sink and be right. like, "Okay, what happened?" They like tried to get Mr. Ed for the part and he's just like, "Fuck that." He's like, "I ain't talking. You can have a talking turtle, but yeah. not a talking horse." Yeah, I ain't doing that shit at all. Did you know one fact about Mr. Ed? What? He was a horse of a horse, of course, of course. Oh, yeah. Something like that. I did know that. A little <laughs> bit of it. <laughs> fucking Mr. Ed. I miss that guy, too. I know, that fucking talking guy. Yeah. What a bizarre concept for a TV show. Even back in, like, the right. f- whenever that came out, like, 50s or whatever. Like, the the producer, like, his boss is just like, it's Friday, what's the TV show? And he's like, fuck, it's a talking horse movie Yep, show. there's a guy. What's his name? Mr. Ed. Love it. And when do we start? Tomorrow. Okay, what's the main premise? He just fucking talks in his uh horse kennel. Alright. I think we've got a hit. And you know what? It, it was a hit. It, we're talking about it in two thousand twenty on our podcast for yeah. some weird reason. Yep. So that's Mr. Ed. Probably because my wife told us that we need to stay on task. We took a break, and you know what funny thing is? What? She fell asleep in the movie, so she doesn't even know if we're staying on task. Yeah, this is actually part of the movie. You don't know. Yeah, be like, yeah, it happened when you were sleeping. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, yeah, and then, so, um, Atrax dies, and then, uh, or Artax dies, sorry, and then um, he's just like, well, fuck, I guess I'll walk through the swamp of sadness forever, and then he starts to get sad, and he starts going down, and then, um the wolf is showing up and he's just like cooking, you know, he's like, I'm going to eat this motherfucker. He's cruising. And then all of a sudden Falker comes in and he's like, Oh, wouldn't this be lucky? And just swoops him up right as the dog comes. It just misses him by that much. Just barely. And the best part is that the swamp of sorrows got the dog too. Cause the dog missed him. He's like, fuck, I'm just going to go sit in a cave for the rest of the fucking movie. Now yeah. he didn't even try again. He just lost him. And then he's like, well, I give up. And he's just, Went and got his final meal. Mm-hmm. Who knows what he even got? 
for his last meal down there. Probably like 30 rats or something. Probably huh? some bullshit. So, but, uh, it's kind of weird. Like that dog. Cause he's like, he was, he, he was setting out on a quest of his own. And it's like, they didn't they say something about like an evil wizard or something like set him on his quest to destroy it. Like who the, f- they never fucking talk about that guy again. Yeah. Well, at the end, when the dog is talking to him, he's like, I serve the man that started the, started nothing, the right? nothingness yeah. or whatever. But they don't even talk about him. Nope. They, I, he says his name one time and it's not mm-hmm. even important enough to remember. Yeah. And then they're just done with it. Like, there like, should have been a never ending story too, where he's just like sitting on a rock floating through space. And he's like, I didn't think this through at all. Yeah. Now what am I going to do? Hmm. So, moving on a little bit, mm-hmm. let's take a quick break from this, and I'm going to throw a movie at you, and we'll keep it short, but we'll keep it fun, okay? because this one, there's a lot of movie, a lot of movie you could talk about, mm-hmm. but this one does have everything in it. It's got like brotherly love, it's got um, action, it's mm-hmm. got comedy, it's got drugs in it, it's got a little bit of fighting, you know. It's not even a 90s movie. I'm going to pull out something crazy. Oh, shit. I think it's 2000s. 2000, maybe. And it might be one of the best movies ever made. Okay. Bad Boys 2. Yeah, that's our favorite movie in the whole world, I think. We quote it all the time. That's because we are bad boys for life. Right. We ride together. Some places. Die together. I'm probably, I mean, if I had a (laughs) chance to save myself, like if you were in the Swamp of Sorrows and I was out, I would be like, come on. I'd be like on the shore, like, come on, buddy. You'd be pulling on that noose, that fucking leash you have around my neck. Yeah. Pulling on the ball gag that I got in your mouth. Um, But yeah, what that, that, those movies are great. All three of them. Bad Boys 1, Bad Boys 2, and Bad Boys 3. That's right. Oh. Shit, I forgot that new one just came out. Mm-hmm. It was like, what, January sometime? Yeah, it was before COVID hit. Before, so. before the Rona got us. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I I think that those movies are just the perfect amount of like cheesy like cop movie with like unnecessary explosions and everything and then like witty humor and everything, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then you've always said that, um, that you're like... Martin Lawrence's character and I'm like Will Smith and like we've even talked about it in this podcast a couple different times about different things where you're like oh and you're like Will Smith doing this and I'm over here doing this and stuff you know so right I'm doing all the real work and you're over there just fucking mm-hmm. punching people and I did a lot of shooting I mean I did some shooting right so yeah um see I think it's just got it's like the movie that has got the most one-liners in it that I constantly quote and I think that it just represents um, kind of growing up and being friends, you know, like with you and everything. And we just watched that movie a lot and quoted it a lot and everything. So that's probably just why I like it so much because it's kind of like spans our entire friendship for a lot of it, you know? I think one of the coolest memories that I have is that time we went, I think we went down to Utah for a card tournament or something. We ended up in a bar mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. we were hanging out at the bar and then the TV behind it was on. Uh-huh. It was actually in Laramie, Wyoming. Oh, it was in Laramie because that's where yeah. we had the Moscow mules. huh? Uh-huh. And then we fucking stole somebody's pizza. Yep. 
we straight up just like stole three quarters of their pizza. And, and just then we got there. them to change the channel because they were watching the basketball game or they were watching the football game. And then there was like someone's pizza there. And we were like, hey, um, we turned this volume up because Bad Boys 2 was on. And then they're like, sure. And they turned the volume up for us. And then uh, didn't we have like, we started like sharing the pizza with people. Yeah. We're like, hey, do you want some pizza? We're like giving it away to people. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we pizza. ended up fucking... We were like watching it with like a group of like 20 people or something by the end of just, it. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. We always end up at like making friends. Right. Just random. Just random times. Then we had a uh, birthday cake with that. What was it? Like junior or tiny or something. Yeah. Like, like that eight foot seven tall, foot tall dude. Yeah. dude. And we're just like, name was tiny or whatever. Oh, we're going to go a birthday cake with yeah. him. But, but yeah, that's probably one of my fondest memories of mm-hmm. bad boys too. And I really love two lines out of it. I love two lines also. One is when he's like, that's a nice fish. Big fucking eyes. But it's a nice fish. And then the other one that you like is when he's like, you can see the game from the parking lot <laughs> with the thick ass glasses. Oh, shit. I do love that one too. <laughs> and then I love the other one is like, oh, those are special breeder rats. Yeah. Big motherfucker. <laughs> it's so funny. I love it. Just it's pretty funny. Most of the one-liners actually come from Martin Lawrence. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yep. He is the comedic relief of that movie and, and the, then the stress of the captain always yeah every time i love him so i'm sad that he died in the new one. Oh yeah for spoiler sure spoiler alert so if you haven't seen the new one mm-hmm. don't watch it that's totally the 90s and 2000s thanks all right man let's get back into this okay um i wanted to talk a little bit about kind of the making of the movie and the author, because it's based on a book. Right. And the author, his name is... Uh, Wolfgang Puck. No. Michael Ende. Oh. The director, his name was Wolfgang Peterson. Oh, there it is. But, and he also, I guess, directed the German movie Das Boot. Oh, yeah. The Boot. Yeah. And before Never Ending Story came out, mm-hmm. that movie, Das Boot, was the most expensive German movie ever made. Nice. Then Never Ending Story came along and it beat that record. Then Luck Dragon flew out of the sky and fucked it up. He's like, you're so lucky. And it, I guess it cost him like $27 million or something to make it. And then mm-hmm. they ended up making over $100 million or something in the box office. So. Damn. And then now it's Wouldn't a, that be lucky? That's right. I guess the author, I don't know if you knew this or not, actually helped write the screenplay and everything. So they had the author of the book involved in writing the screenplay. Right. And then when it was all said and done, the movie was made and everything, he absolutely hated it. Really? He said, this movie is fucking revolting. Don't even put my name in the credits. That's how much he hated it. Wow. Yeah. If you can believe that. I wonder why. I thought it was great. I think what he said from what I read was it, the director and stuff just didn't understand what the essence of the movie was supposed to be or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then it brings me to one of the other parts that you and I had extensive conversations about in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Like we were, imagine us as 12-year-old kids right, in the body of almost 40-year-olds, right? So he says, I'm not going to be part of this because I'm super embarrassed about the strippers in Fantasia. And he was straight up talking about the fucking sphinxes with their titties hanging right. out, the right? The titty sphinxes? Yeah, and we're like, oh. Those guys are awesome. The best part was... uh um, I think you pointed it at you 
said it. I, I said, I don't remember who, but we we're like, wouldn't that be funny if the rock guy showed up and he's like, oh, this is some really nice stone. He just started munching on the titties. Right. That rock eater just rolls. He's like, oh, damn. Yeah. He's like, I've been driving all fucking night. Like, it's time for me to, you know, get my rocks off. And they're like, you can't come through here if you're not worthy, if you don't have confidence right. in yourself. And he's like, oh, I'm completely yeah, confident. I'm 100% confident in this. Let me talk to you about my confidence level. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we're like when um, a tree is walking through and they're like starting to open his eyes. And then we're like, he just like bends over. He's like, I'm going to eat their ass. You make a run for it, a tree. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, oh. Yeah, that's probably why that if it was a Howard Hughes movie, he would have done that. Oh yeah, Howard Hughes don't fuck around. No, but he doesn't for sure. Wolfgang Peters. And the cool thing is, Puritan. It wasn't just two full sets of fine ass tone stone titties, right? No, four, eight total boobies. Yeah, four stone statues, eight titties. Because he goes through the the first test. Uh huh. Then he's like, "Oh, what's this mirror?" And the little old man's like the second test is worse and you get up there and it's like oh that was just weird right it wasn't that bad so then he goes through and he's like and looks like he looks like he's on the moon Mm -hmm. and then the other oracle the actual oracle is there right but it's just the same titty sphinxes just red blue blue yeah they were like a glittery blue glittery blue and she's like starts all crumbling she's like i don't know how long i can hold out and he's like he's like Keep them, keep them up for about a minute and a half longer. <laughs> and then to come to find out, he, he gets all pissed off again. He's like, seriously? Right. She needs a name. Right. Well, well just what, whatever name she wants. I don't give a shit. And He's like, like, fine-ass titty sphinx lost her bo- boobs for this? Come on. Name her Patricia or something. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of depressing, you know? Like a tray was just mm-hmm. getting beat down the whole time. And he, yeah. First, he's thinking, oh, this ain't bad. I can make it through these statues. Mm-hmm. No, no problem. No problem. But then his horse dies, right? And then he, the fucking luck dragon picks him up. Yep. And then later he's just like, oh, I'm going to jump off of this luck dragon, right? Right. And so then he falls and he's in the ocean or on the mm-hmm. beach. And then Falcor is just flying around looking for him. It's like, Falcor, you remember where he fell? Just go straight just down. Just go straight down there. That's probably where he is. Right. You know? So then Atreus just got got the shit you know he loses the orin mm-hmm. that's what it's called right the orin mm-hmm, i think so oh cool little fact about that it's rumored that steven spielberg actually owns the original prop the orin really yeah that's cool that greedy bastard i want it so do i Let's sneak into his house and it's actually unknown from what i could find and this might all be bullshit because most of the stuff i say is mm-hmm. but the actual book mm-hmm. that they were reading from they don't really know if it's still around or not. Like, it went missing, apparently. Really? Yeah. Dang. But I mean, he never brought it back in the movie. He's just like, I'll bring your book back, and then just never does. Then he's just, like, riding the luck dragon around mm-hmm. town. But, but yeah, so speaking of a trade, so he gets shit on, right? Right. Then he's just wandering through these ruins, and then he comes across the stone eater. Mm-hmm. And apparently he's all sad too. There, so everybody's just sad. And yep. Trey's like, "Yeah, you got it pretty bad too." So do I. Yeah, that's my other favorite sad part of the movie because he is—he's a big old like strong stone guy, and then he's like looking at his hands, and he's like, "They look like strong hands, but when the nothing came, I tried to protect my friends, and I held them in my hands, and the nothing took them away." And so he's just like 
completely like devastated with himself because he's like i was their protector and i'm this big strong guy and my hands are strong i always thought they were strong and it was just nothing he's just sitting there all like just done with it right and so then he's just like well i'm just gonna let the nothing take me Mm -hmm. it's like a huge metaphor for life you just like everybody's like going on this rat race and trying to you know get everything done and protect their loved ones and everything and the nothingness is just always creeping up on you you like take 10 minutes and hop off your bike to eat some rocks and then nothing that shows up you know right just shits on you you know yeah. then, then you gotta go again you just gotta keep going just keep going keep going or just sit there and let it consume you right mm-hmm. then the epic battle comes up between atreyu and the dog yeah beastie dog yeah he's just like going through the ruins and he's like oh shit look at that painting that's my fucking horse and he's right like, oh shit that's a turtle oh that's that, me it's me in the mud getting sneezed on mm-hmm and then he's like, what the heck is all this, right? Yeah, he's like, there's a painting of a scary dog. Oh, fuck, there he is. And then that dog's like, well, you know, he's got a sad story too. Like you said, because he yep. just got all sad, just yeah, fucked he, off and sat yeah, there. Yeah, he was in the Swamp of Sorrows and missed um, a tree by an inch, and so he gave up. And he's like, I'm just sitting here being sad. Yeah, I'm going to probably kill you because I lost somebody I was looking for. His name's a tree. Mm-hmm. And you would think like, because he's been sitting in the ruins with his exact picture on the wall. For this whole time, you'd think if the guy that came in and the picture of the wall um, came in, you'd be like, oh, there he fucking is. What if those green eyes just fucked up his vision a little bit? He couldn't really see 2D paintings that well. Could be. I don't know. But, you know, what if he got his eyes from the Emerald City? What if he went to see Oz? That'd be wild. And then he had, like, fucking Emerald eyes. That'd be way wild. And then they would just play that song. Turn around, bride. And constantly, he just has to turn around. Like, his whole life is just that song on repeat. He's just turning around in circles. And that, maybe that's why dogs chase that's, their tails. I don't know. It's a wild story. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's like, well, I guess I'm going to kill you. And then he's like, oh, you better come prepared because I'm a tree and I'm a great warrior. And then he, like, dives out and he just fucking stabs him in the heart and it's over. He just picks up this sharp rock and he's just like, you're done. Told you I was great. <laughs> and that... Uh, Fucking dog demons, like... Goddamn, you weren't lying. You weren't lying, but I guess I'm dead. You're a yeah. murderer now. Um, it's like, it's kind of crazy. There's, it's a, you know, a full, like, what, hour and a half, two hours, whatever amount of time the movie is. And, like, the only action is literally, like, the dog jumps out and he gets stabbed. The dog jumps and misses a Atreyu. And then, like, the titty sphinxes shoot some laser beams. Right. I think the most exciting or the most action-packed part was the very beginning when he's fucking rolling on that big bike mm-hmm. crushing trees and shit right and then the bat was kind of but even the bat got a little bit poured because it fell asleep while i was flying you know yeah. he's like damn where's the action like i don't know we're going to see the empress and maybe she's got some action mm-hmm. but yeah not a lot happened but a lot happened for a couple people it was a good movie though i love that movie so much right it's very interesting and then uh they did make a sequel did you ever see that one nope was it called Never Ending Story 2? Yep. No, I and I think it. it had, uh, I think Jonathan Brandis. Is he the Sequest motherfucker? I have no idea. The one that went down on the bottom of the ocean? Maybe. Yeah, I think it had, I think it had him in it. And he is Bastion. And I think he actually goes into, well, I don't think I know. He actually goes into Fantasia. Mm-hmm. And then it's his dad on the outside actually reading the book and reading the story of his son going through. And so that's kind of how the yeah. end, that's kind of how him and his son reconnect, you know, cause. Right. Cause yeah. his dad's like, you got to stop fucking reading books. Your mom died and I need 
someone to mow the lawn. Yeah, you got to keep your feet on the ground. Yeah. And then he's like, I got to keep my feet on the ground. I can't read this book. <laughs> so, anyways, what do you think about that? Uh, what do you think about that look, Dragon? Falcor, he's awesome. Yeah. I love, um, so he like shows up, saves Atreyu, and then takes him, you know, 13 miles less than 10,000 miles to get to the Oracle. He's like, oh, that's why you need a luck dragon on your side. And he's like, ah, that is pretty lucky. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, like, after the nothingness comes, it takes, like, nearly everything away. He's like, he's like, I wonder if the Emerald City or not the Emerald City. I wonder if the, um, like, the... The vagina tower? Yeah, that, I wonder if the tower is still alive. And then, like, one meteor moves over, and then it's right there. And he's like, oh, that was lucky. That was pretty <laughs> damn lucky, see? Right. I would it be funny if he's just, like the walking and then he's just like oh I, I found a penny wasn't that lucky and then and then a tree is just annoyed and he's like yeah that was lucky too okay not everything you do is lucky because you're called a luck he's dragon like, he's like um oh eight pairs of titties isn't that lucky a tree is like stop man look we're literally floating around in an asteroid filled right is that lucky is it lucky we just didn't get wiped out by that one because at this mm -hmm. point that might be the lucky thing you know right. he's like scratch behind my ear and then he's like it would be you'll get really lucky if you scratch lower <laughs> anyways i want to step outside the movie for a second and um shout out a five-star review that we got on our podcast oh damn hit me up with that yeah it's from um Another podcast that I've been really enjoying lately, they are called uh, Shocked and Applaud Podcast, and they go really deep on the different movies they watch. They're often like two to three parters, so, so they, they really go break that deep, shit down. Like scene by scene, big analysis. It's really fun podcast to listen to, so I would recommend everyone check them out. And where can you find them at? Uh, iTunes, uh, really anywhere, I think, okay. that... Um, you would find podcasts there on Spotify and everything. But uh, they said that they've heard a few episodes before, but they really got hooked on our show from our uh, Batman episode. They said that the banter between the hosts is superb, and it's just outright fun to see where the conversations end up going. We recommend this show to our friends. Uh, so thank you very much for the kind words, and we are happy that you have enjoyed our random ramblings. Yeah, for sure. Thank you very much. So yeah, um, if anybody wants to give us a review, we will always shout them out on the show and, and read them, good or bad. So if you want to tell us how fucking dumb we are, we will definitely read that out also. And we just want to remind you again that we do have our Patreon, mm -hmm. and we do have Anchor support also, Yep, and we do have an Instagram page. We do prefer comments. Gold balloons. Yeah, oh. oh, gold balloons, yes. And uh, DMs, you know, ask us some questions. We'll, we're going to start shouting some people out and answering questions on there. Mm -hmm. And all of the information will be in the link yep, to this episode sure. on, on Anchor. So thank you. And I really want to take a second to talk about our Patreon. I think that um, it's been really fun just add, doing additional stuff every single week. Uh, I think we've got eight exclusive, you know, smaller episodes over there of things that we've done. And... Um, the patrons so far have really enjoyed 
what we've been putting out. It's, you know, a break from the show. We just talk about random things. We just did an ASMR video that's kind of fun. So um, if anybody wants to check that out, I hope that it's worth the value and that we provide some additional comedy for everybody. But yeah, stay classy, San Diego. Right. So yeah, let's jump into the movie and wrap this thing up. So the ending of the movie, Mm -hmm. when the Empress is, she's there with Bastion, right? Right. And they've got the little piece of sand in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Is so what I'm what I'm thinking is that's supposed to be like like the start of an idea, right? Right. Like because Fantasia is like our imagination and mm-hmm. fantasy of human beings and everything, and so it's like that little grain of sand that just sparks an idea, and then from there you can create an entire fantasy world, right? Yeah. I don't. I never actually caught that as a kid, but I just kind of wanted to pull that out and just be like, oh well, now that I'm grown up and I can understand some things, mm-hmm. then. I get it. That's a grain of sand. That's an idea. I understand why they threw in the fucking titty statues. Mm -hmm. And I know why Falcor was so goofy all the time. Yeah. Because he was always happy and everything, and his eyeballs were all, like, bouncing all around. He was fucking stoned the whole time. Yeah, he was stoned. when he Even when he went there to the old people, he was like, shoot me up with that. And she's like, all right, yeah. yeah." She's getting him with that acid. He's like, I would be lucky if I was tripping balls on some acid. And... I love the I love how um, that the one old guy always calls her a wench. He's like, "Come on over here, wench!" To the winch, to the winch, wench. Right? I love that word, wench. I know. I think if I was a lady, I wouldn't even take it offensive. I guess it would depend on who's saying it. Yeah, you if know? it was like a loved one, I'd be like, "Oh, you know, whatever." But if it's just like some random person, I'd be like, "Excuse you." I'd be like, "All right, you can do it." Mm-hmm. Not you, you know. Go back and look at your titty sphinxes. That's why he's got that fucking zoom on his telescope. That's right. He's like, he's like, there's another adventure out here, honey. I'll be back in like 10 minutes or something. She's like, don't fall out of the basket. Right. He's like, you know, I can't come out of that basket when there's no blood in my brain. Mm -hmm. All right. So here's a question that I wanted to ask that has been on my mind. So Bastion walks in to the bookstore, right? And that, uh, fucking librarian dude is sitting there reading the book and he's all into it and everything. He's like, oh, fuck shit's getting hairy you know and then uh like at what point in the book is he into it because he's like this book isn't for you know you think it's cool to go be uh fucking captain nemo nemo or you know whatever but this is the real shit you're gonna get fucking sucked into this one and so like what point in the movie was he in because if he or what point of the book because if he was at the end of the book then he would know that specifically a child has to name her or it disappears so wouldn't you be like here fucking take this book and read it really fast what if the book is different for everybody that reads it like because it's because it's a never ending story right and it's based off of imagination right so what if you picked it up and started reading it and then you got hooked into it, and you had mm-hmm. to finish your story, and then I read it, and then it was completely different, right. completely different adventure. What if you, like... Or what if you were just different characters in the adventure, mm-hmm. you know? Like, after I read after I read this story, and I was like, God, that was a really good story, and then I handed it to you, and you read it, you'd be like, how come pages 101 through 103 are gone? And I'd be like, no reason. Yeah, he was about that, to go see the fucking like Oracle. But... Oh, yeah, the Oracle, it's, it's pretty... Um, it's it's a dry part of the story. He sees the oracle. He tells her, you know, to go do something else. And then, like, she's in my pocket. And she's like, no, he fucking didn't. And I was like, what was that? No, that's nothing. Did you hear something? She's like, she's like the, right, the rock biter is coming. Help me. <laughs> I was like, that's not the only one coming. 
yeah so i don't know i don't know where like if it wasn't that way like where is he at in there because he it looks like he was kind of like halfway through right mm-hmm. so maybe he's yeah, at he the point out for sure maybe he's at the point where fucking the horse is dying he's like no fucking way man yeah he's like you don't want to read this atrax just died or Artax just died yeah and then he's like oh whew, i was saved by the telephone mm-hmm. you know and then he goes up and runs off and Fucking Bastion steals the book. He's like, God damn, that kid's in for a mm-hmm. fucking adventure. Yeah, good luck being stuck in Fantasia. Oh, speaking of that, let's let's talk about hanging out in that fucking creepy ass attic, right? Like that's a school attic, right? Is that mm-hmm. what, I never got into an attic at the school. That must be what the outlook. But like. is that what it is? I mean, because he came busting in there, mm-hmm. like he knew, like they had the keys to it right there, right? And he's like, I'm going to the attic, mm-hmm. and it's all dust, and then they've got. Skeletons, skeletons, and skulls, and stuffed wolves, and mm-hmm. I don't know, like bats in the belfries and stuff. I don't know, but do you think as a kid, I don't know, he was probably what, 10, 12 maybe? Somewhere around there, yeah. You think you'd be able to hang out up there all day in the attic by yourself? With just a book? Not in today's days, because things are different, but if I had a book like back then, I probably Yeah, back, could've. let's say the 90s when you were in school. Yeah, I probably could have just hung out and read a book. What about when the windstorm and everything busts the windows open and then the wolf falls down on you and you're like, oh shit, what's up? That was pretty spooky. I don't know. I've never, I've been alive for 36 years and a couple months and I've never seen like a shutters blow open from a storm before in my whole life. It's true. That happens all the time in the movies and I've never seen it happen in my whole life. Maybe it's because we live in a... Area where there's not a lot of shutters. Except for we live, yeah, but we live in one of the windiest fuckers in the world. Right, but we don't need shutters because originally shutters were there to like protect from hurricanes and. Oh, is that what they were for? Yeah, to stop. Because, I mean, we have bad windstorms, but have you ever had a windstorm so bad that it broke open your window? No. I guess we've had trees fall over and stuff, but. Mm. but Yeah, I think that's what like the purpose of shutters were Mm. to kind of protect from. So you close the shutters and it protects the glass part of the window? Yeah. Uh, so, I don't that know. Makes sense. But, but yeah, I've, I've never experienced that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should just get a house with some shutters and just stare at just them for a while and see what happens. Try it out. Be like, Corey, go take that lock off of the shutters. Maybe that'll help. Mm-hmm. And then we just watch for more. Right. More. It'd be like the calmest day of the year. It'd be wild. And then all of a sudden, boom! Out of nowhere, fucking Casper busts in there. <laughs> shutters wide open. But the weird thing is, those shutters, didn't they fly in? Most shutters would open up outside of the house, right? Isn't that how it is? Mm. Hmm. You would think so. Speaking of that, what was the... Did we ever figure out what was the name of the fucking mom? No, like Patricia or something? Yeah, because he just gets out there. Instead of just saying the name, he has to dramatically run up a little stairs, open up the shutters, blast it out there, and he just screams, and it's fucking intelligible. Oh, wait. Did he... The name of the mom or the name of the... No, he gives the character, he, wait. The Empress. He yeah. names the Empress his mom's name. No, he doesn't. He calls her Moonbeam. No, he doesn't. Yeah, that's what he names her, Moonbeam. Shut up. That's I... what he yells when he yells out into the rain and everything. He yells Moonbeam. Hmm. I guess I never knew that because earlier in the movie, he's like, well, they asked me to name her because I gave her my mom's name because it's beautiful. Right. Maybe was that's it, his mom's name. Was his mom named Moonbeam? Could have been. Hmm. I never knew this movie. I never understood what she said. Like the whole time I've seen this movie, oh, from yeah. ever since I was walking around in diapers, I have no idea what he said. So apparently, mm-hmm. it's Moonbeam. Yeah, he named her Moonbeam. Huh? Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. I wish my name was Moonbeam. 
I wish your name was Balsack. Uh-huh. Oh, never mind. It wouldn't be nice. No, your name wouldn't be Moonbeam. It would be like Fire Spray or like Flamethrowers. I don't know. You gotta have something with fire because you got that red hair. Flaming Gorge. Nice. So, anyways, what else you got? Um, I got the next movie we're gonna watch. Okay. I actually don't. What is it? So, we both know, well, I don't know if we both know or not, but beginning of September <laughs> is Keanu Reeves' birthday. Did you know that? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Did I do uh, a good one? September 2nd. Did it sound like him? It did. Cool. I believe this weekend, the new Bill and Ted came out. <laughs> Their newest adventure. Right. So, I'm thinking our first one in September, we should watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I think that that would be totally excellent. That would be totally excellent. You know what else it would be? It'd be basically the 80s. I'm Bill S. Preston Esquire, and I'm Ted Theodore Logan. 